Welcome, everybody, to today's Appraisal Buzzcast. Thank you so much for joining us for today. We have a great, great discussion today. Hal, welcome. Good to see you, Jim. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. It's great to talk with you again. Good. What do we got going on today? Well, we have a great discussion today with Brian Reynolds. Brian, welcome in. Hey, guys. Thanks. I appreciate you uh, taking a minute to bring me in and have a conversation. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of talk out there about conflict of interest. And, you know, I'm a business partner with Brian over at Appraiser Learning and we, uh, we are now in, uh, in, in ownership of appraisal buzz, but I don't like to think of this as a conflict of interest. I think of it as a confluence of interests. <laughs> <laughs> complimentary, right? Very complimentary. complimentary. So Brian, for, for, for the, for the listeners out there, and I know everybody, um, in the appraisal space knows Brian Reynolds, but tell us your history in this business real quick, if you don't mind. Oh gosh. You know, so I, I started out in the collection department for a mortgage banker, uh, mortgage banking company. And uh, so I was the bad guy. You know, if you didn't make your payment on time, uh, I was the one that called you up, right? If, if God forbid my mother was experiencing a, a little financial problem and got behind, I wouldn't want somebody calling and treating her like that. So I saw it as a way to try to help people try to get them back on the path you know what can i do a forbearance agreement or or what can we do restructure your loan and i ended up creating good relationships with these folks i wanted the relationship that if you knew you were going to be late in the future you say hey honey let's call that brian reynolds because he really helped us out of a jam last time instead of saying let's unplug the phone because he's going to be calling day and night right so so that was my uh entry into the mortgage space and i did that for a few years i moved to chicago and was an officer of the company had a company car had a staff of about 30 people i thought i was a big shot you know and then we got bought out. And so a major change occurred in my life and it was scary and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I kind of fell into appraising and absolutely loved it. Um, uh, I went over to another mortgage company for a while, but I was working a little bit part-time. I was typing up appraisal reports, Hal, on a typewriter. And I got paid $10 per report. And that was when you had the front and back that you filled out. Forms <laughs> and, and worms. Yes, that's what we used. And, and you know, the interesting <laughs> thing is Fannie Mae doesn't accept whiteout. And we didn't have an auto correction ribbon back then. So I'd oh, normally no. be at the bottom of the second page, which was just the back of the front page, and then see a typo up here. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to retype the whole thing. So that was my first step into the direction of appraising. Uh, finally got licensed in the state of Illinois. And uh, I really found out that appraising was an opportunity, kind of like the medical field. You know, no matter where you live, you need nurses and doctors and dentists. Guess what? No matter where you live, you need real estate appraisers. So it was an opportunity for me to get back home to little Owensboro, Kentucky, because they need appraisers here too. And I've been doing it ever since and absolutely love what I do as an appraiser. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I came to it through family. Um, you came to it through uh, kind of uh, changing work circumstances. And that is a really good kind of segue into um, pretty much every discussion about appraisals these days is 
change. Um, you know, things are changing and it freaks a lot of people out. But at the end of the day, if you can get your head around change and see opportunities in change, you can thrive. Um, you know, I, I think that's just a, a thing that we're going to have to keep talking about uh, in this business going forward. Before we go any further, I'm going to take a quick break and give a shout out to one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. Since 1978, LIA Administrators and Insurance Services has been offering E&O insurance to valuation professionals. LIA applies superior customer service, exceptional liability education from Peter Christensen, and unparalleled claim defense managed by Claudia Gaglioni. LIA offers errors and omissions, commercial bonds, general liability, cyber liability, and real estate agents and brokers E&O. Visit liability.com or call 800-334-0652. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hal Humphreys. You're listening to the Appraisal Buzz. Um, so, you know, we hear all these things in the appraisal business about hybrid appraisals, um, virtual inspections. Um, you and I have been cooking up this idea for quite some time, um, and it is a live and live virtual hybrid classroom. So, so talk to me about what that actually means. Yeah, that's, that's a horrible word, word in the appraisal space right now. Right. But, but maybe it's not in certain instances, you know, I think I showed you a little bag I carry around now, how, and it's a very cool, uh, bag and it's a hybrid bag. Right. So it's got my computer in it and notes and books and I carry it like a briefcase, but guess what? There's a little zipper on the back. You unzip it and two little straps come out. You can wear it as a backpack. So it's a backpack. No, it's a briefcase. No, it's a backpack. <laughs> it's both. And it works extremely well. I go through the airport with my little backpack on. Then when I go to a conference, I typically convert it over to a briefcase um, and it works great. I love it. You know, the hybrid course that we're talking about doing live and virtual, we're excited about. It gives an opportunity to be live in class in the classroom and this first one we're doing in nashville tennessee what better place right come on down to nashville this thing is approved in multiple states so you don't have to be a resident of tennessee to come join us in nashville and check out what nashville has to offer for you if you just absolutely can't dedicate the time to fly into nashville and hang out with us you can join us via a zoom uh, virtual training and still get the seven hour CE. So we're super excited about trying this out where we have a combination of live in person as well as live virtual. You know what I like to think about and when I'm thinking about these classes. So we're, we're doing the road show again. Um, we're going to start off in Nashville, our own backyard. We're pretty excited about that. We're going to be in, um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, in June, I think. Um, we're going to do a, we're going to do a couple other road shows coming up here, but the ability to simulcast the class, um, do it live in a classroom, but also do that live virtual setting is pretty exciting to me. I think it'll be a good way to do it. It'll actually, I, here's the thing I take, I teach live virtual, like in a, a, a virtual classroom setting and it's not bad. I enjoy it. 
but there's something lost sometimes when the instructor is in their office, not with a real crowd in front of them. Um, and I, just for those of you watching, when Brian Reynolds is in front of a class, he's a different person. Um, he really, he really comes to life. So we're hoping that translates into the virtual setting from the classroom. Um, but if you can, we'd love it if you joined us um, in Nashville. It's uh, next Monday, May the 1st, uh, right around the corner, right around the corner from our office here. If you can't make it to the live virtual class or to the live classroom, uh, join us on the virtual classroom. It'll be the exact same experience, and we're pretty excited about it. Um, let's take a quick break and go to our second commercial sponsor, uh, the Appraisal Institute. The Appraisal Institute recently launched its Instagram page, AI's latest presence on social media, joining Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and the Face Value podcast. Visit and follow AI's Instagram page for another way to access valuation news and association updates. www.instagram.com slash appraisal institute. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Appraisal Buzz. I'm Hal Humphreys, and I'm joined today by my business partner, Brian Reynolds. Um, and we're talking about the roadshow. Now, May 1st, we're going to be uh, doing a live roadshow in Nashville. Um, and Brian... I know the class is called diversifying your appraisal practice. Um, I have a fear that some appraisers see diversifying and they think it's one topic. What is the actual topic of the class? Yeah. Yeah. So actually I called it diversifying your practice inside and out. And the reason that I called it that is we're going to talk about ways to diversify your appraisal practice and then ways to diversify your practice in general. So, you know, over the years, I know appraisers talked about taking your appraiser hat off and putting another hat on. And I honestly, I as a practicing appraiser, I struggled with that personally for years because I thought, you know, I am an appraiser. It's not a hat. It's my head. <laughs> I can't take my head off. Right. I'm always an appraiser. But right. I finally got over that and I finally realized, you know, there are times when maybe I'm doing something not acting in the capacity of an appraiser and I shouldn't be discriminated against. I should be able to perform those services as a non-appraiser. And the only USPAP obligation is, is that you, that you do not misrepresent yourself, right? So you have to make it very clear today or in this particular instance, I'm not acting in the capacity of an appraiser. And then you're, you're green light, right? You can right. do almost anything. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities to diversify within the appraisal practice. So we spend a great deal of time talking about things other than just doing a 1004 form, right? Many appraisers out there have never done a restricted appraisal report. I do a ton of them. And I promise you, if you start doing restricted appraisal reports, you probably won't want to ever do anything else. When I, when I interview or ask a, a group of appraisers, how many of you have ever done an oral appraisal report? Very few hands go up. Most appraisers have never done one. And this is an opportunity for you to make more money. I assume you're in business to make money. Right. So, so let's find ways that you can make more money 
with your knowledge and skill set as an appraiser. There's so many opportunities and we've been we've been funneled into one little avenue. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, one of the things that, that occurs to me is a lot of residential appraisers have never done a narrative report for any reason. They just don't want to do a narrative report. I find, and, and you know, I came to this business through a commercial path. Um, I did commercial valuation for years. I'm really comfortable with the um, narrative format. There are times and places where a narrative report for residential property is appropriate. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's actually easier than trying to fill out a form. It is. It is indeed, you know, my, so everybody, you're right. Everybody gets a little uptight about narrative. Well, let's just go through USPAP and take a look at it. Right. In particular, the restricted, because I do almost all my restricted are in a narrative format. And mm -hmm. so if you look at, you know, standard rule two, two, a identify the client. Well, John Smith, that was real narrative, wasn't it? <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot to that. And so if you just go through those bullet points and make sure you address those, the intended use, you know, that might be two sentences. So it's, it's, you don't have to write a novel. And in, in fact, over the years, Hal, my reports have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. They're more concise. And depending mm -hmm. on who your client is and what the needs of that client is, you don't have to write a novel because at right. the end of the day, most clients want to know what, what's, what's it worth? worth? That's what they want to know. And they're willing to pay you for that. And so there's no reason to talk about the average rainfall in your community for a house in a track subdivision. You know, a farmer might want that information. But somebody in a track subdivision could care less. They don't care about, you know, that your county was named after Colonel Davis or when Daniel Boone was along the Yellow Banks on the Ohio River. I can sell you that information if you want it, but most people don't care about that. So right. my reports have gotten smaller and smaller. I sell oral appraisal reports quite often. It's a, a way to expand your business and and offer more options to your clients and and they truly do like that and appreciate that so for students that are going to come to this class or that are interested in this class here's the thing um there are so many types of appraisal work out there other than lender specific work um, there mm -hmm. are other clients out there uh, that you can have access to um, that actually want to know the answer to a question. And those are the clients that are fun to work with. Um, so join Brian Reynolds um, in Nashville, May the 1st uh, for a live classroom experience. If you can't make it to the live classroom experience, join us in the live virtual classroom. I will be in the classroom uh, with Brian. Um, and you know, it's his class, he's the teacher. I have a bad habit of not keeping my mouth shut. So I might add some things to the class, but I'm there to facilitate the live virtual part of it. Um, Brian, thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, I know you're crazy busy. You've got some, some family issues going on this week, and I'm really sorry to hear about that. Um, but, you know, thank you for taking the time. Uh, Jim Morrison, you still with us? Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say to all of our listeners, we get the emails when we put out a course that, oh, I wish this was virtual or it's live and oh, I, or it's virtual and then they want it live. 
Now it's both ways. So whatever you way you like to learn, you can take this and enjoy it. You can come visit Nashville's great city to be in. You know, I would jump on that. But if you want to take it virtually from your house, you can do that too. And I I, for the virtual class, I believe this will be the first virtual class I've instructed in which I'm not sitting in a chair. <laughs> so I'm going to be like Hal said, you know, I'm up moving around. They're going to have to try and keep the camera on me as I dance around a little bit, but I'm excited about that. So yeah, join us May 1st. That's going to be fun. Um, Morrison, do we have any anonymous appraiser questions? We do. And Reynolds? listeners, we need new anonymous appraiser questions. So reach out to it. Comments at appraisalbuzz.com. Drop a line. Let us know any questions you have. Our experts will answer them for you. Um, but I saw this comment on social media the other day. It says, I've seen several appraisers post on here who say they do not do lender work. My question is, could that be true? And if it is, where does the, what does the bulk of their work consist of? I'm going to take that and say, yeah, it's true. There are appraisers out there that do things completely outside of the lending world. Um, and, you know, a lot of them that I know do work for court purposes uh, and they focus on courtroom work. Um, family law, divorce, um, dispute resolution, stuff like that. It's fun work. It's well-paid work. Um, and it is not subject to the ups and downs of interest rates in the market. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you're exactly right. And this is exactly what we're going to dive into in the course, diversifying your practice inside and out. You know, I know an appraiser that focuses exclusively on relocation assignments. That's all they did. So there was no lender involved with that, right? Uh, I asked many students, how many of you do relocations? Occasionally two or three hands will go up and that's about it. Guess what? For a relocation assignment, at a minimum, they get two appraisals. <laughs> so the, whoever raised their hand gets that assignment. You know, What's interesting is that the majority of appraisers in the United States of America are all competing for the same type of work, mortgage, right? Whether it be a purchase or a refinance. And did you realize there's more other work available that fewer appraisers are competing for? <clears throat> so that's just mind boggling. So we're going to dive into this in great detail during the class. I love it. Jim Morrison, do we have anything else we needed to cover today? No, that's all. We're going to have links uh, in the description for how you can sign up if you want to check out this class. Great. Well, um, that is the appraisal buzz. I'm Hal Humphreys. Thank you for joining us. For Jim Morrison and Brian Reynolds, have a good day. <laughs>